What's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. My name is Pam. And I'm Jeremy. And when Pam and I first started this podcast, the ultimate goal that we had was to talk to people who were in Kelly Clarkson's camp. We wanted to talk to people who were both with her on the musical side and also on the talk show side. And today we just so happen to have a person who is on both of those sides. It's Kelly's music director, Jason Halbert, and he is going to be joining us in just a matter of moments. Yeah, we're going to talk to him about you know his start in music, his start working with Kelly, He's been working with Kelly for almost two decades now, so the journey they've been on is unreal. They've done a lot of different kinds of events and projects together. We're going to hear about all of that, and we're also going to you know, hear some answers, hopefully, to some questions that maybe you're not expecting, including some listener questions. So thank you so much. We got an overwhelming amount of questions from everyone who tunes in, and I'm very excited. We're going to be answering a few of those Um for a little rapid fire section with Jason. So stick around at the end for that. He is a guy that needs absolutely no introduction in the fan base, but we're going to give him one anyway. He is a Grammy award winning producer, writer, and musician. Plus he's the musical director for Kelly Clarkson and the two time Emmy award winning for best daytime talk show, the Kelly Clarkson show. We are thrilled to welcome Jason Halbert to the show. Jason. Hello. Ooh, hello. Thanks for having me. This oh, is fun. Thank you very much for being thank with you. us. Uh, first and foremost, uh, where are you uh, talking with us from today? Uh, this is my office at Universal Studios. Uh, it's where we filmed the Kelly Clarkson show. We're in stage one and I'm um, here on the fourth floor. And this is um, right here is where I recorded Jesse's vocals. Um, who's our, she's our vocal director for the show. Yeah. And, um, and any of the upcoming projects you hear Kelly singing on, it's usually she records here. Her, her glamour is right on the other side of this monitor. And so it's really easy for her to just walk right on over. And we uh, do a lot of her vocals here. And uh, this is where I arrange music for the show. And um, yeah, it's my little home space. I, I see this room more than I see my own house. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you right now in terms of setting up for season three? Because that's probably premiering in the next couple of weeks, right? Yeah, I'm not sure the actual premiere date. I mean, I probably should. I get a thousand emails today about that stuff. So I, I don't know when we're actually premiering. I know our first, um, I think our first taping episode is August 24th. And uh, I've been here about, well, really, I haven't stopped. Um, you know, we're, Kelly always has something going on. So even though we wrapped uh, the season in May, we've been working every day on other stuff. And, um, but so I've been back prepping for the show. And today's the first day I get the whole band in. So they're actually setting up on the fifth floor of rehearsal room. And, uh, we're going to start trying to remember how to plug everything in and where we <laughs> left off two months ago and uh, start rehearsing. We have our, we have our Kelly Oakies lined up for the first three weeks of taping. Oh, great. And, um, we have some really exciting stuff that we're excited about playing um, in the band. Uh, so we're going to start hashing out those arrangements uh, today. And then, uh, yeah, we should start filming in a couple of weeks. Now, I don't know if this is something that, that you're allowed to, to talk about yet, but is the beginning of season three going to start with a live studio audience again, or are we going to be back to faces in the monitors? Um, I I don't know. And, and it's not like, I'm never not allowed to talk about something. It's just that, you know, marketing likes to save something for surprises. And we, we did have a plan as to, as to how we were starting our first uh, show. And obviously um, COVID is ever changing everything at this point. Yep. Um, so I, I, you never, I mean, there's so many layers of there's, there's what we want to do. There's what the producers want to do, and then there's what NBC wants to do, and then there's what labor and unions. So it's it's all in flux right now. Um, our desire, A, is to be safe as possible. So we're sort of um, mixed following the science. Like, is it good to have an audience? Is it not? Are they going to be full? You know, so uh, assuming that we're all safe, of course, as a band, we would love to have a live audience in the room. It's, you know, um, it's fun playing with Kelly. It's just really weird playing in front of three camera guys and a couple of producers. It's not quite the same energy, you know, as a... And I'm, I don't know if you watched any of the shows the first season, the, yeah. the Zoom sound of people clapping. It sounds like horses galloping in the background. <laughs> I don't even know what that sound is. It's like a whole audience un underwater going, clop, clop, clop. <laughs> and, you know, uh, and I, I think I pushed earlier on to have like a fake crowd sound, you know, because everybody knows. That would be really funny. It's fake, it, yeah. But at least. <laughs> yeah, you would yeah. know. Uh, so, you know, we wear inner monitors on stage while we're um, 
um, you know, I'm assuming you guys know that, but the average fan, you know, we always, you know, I, I follow all the Kelly fan forum communities and it's just more of a, I just, I really, there's some great people there and I, I love their enthusiasm. B, I'm also a fan and C, I use all of our fans to um, get ideas for tours and get ideas for the show. So anyway, I follow all that. And uh, you know, we always get these comments on stage, you know, the band is too loud and we can't hear Kelly and blah, blah, blah. And what a lot of people don't realize is we actually make zero volume. Like if the, if the guy at the front of the house turned off the sound, you would not hear a single thing that I'm doing. So there's never a case where I can play too loud over Kelly. Yeah. That's out of our control. Somebody else is mixing that blend. Yep. And then not only that, as you know, as an audio person, um, what somebody might hear on their TV at home is different than if you have a sound bar that is different if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I don't know how we got off on that other than. No, um, but it's true. Cause know. a lot of it's also done, you know, in post because yeah. you record it and then, you know, you can only do so much as the yeah. musical director, but then you send it off to the, whoever does the actual editing for the show. Like you're not sitting yeah. there putting clips together. That's not your job. You have a whole, there's yeah. a whole team that does that. So. Yeah. Um, I, that we're talking about the applause yeah. so in our ears, you know, we, um, we're hearing things that nobody at home hears. So I've got directors talking in one ear and producers and, you know, there's all this stuff going on, but we actually put fake applause in our ears at the end of every song. So like <laughs> when we end, there's a crowd of like 20,000 people cheering. So that's why we're all like, yeah, the room, the room is just dead silence, you know? So, uh, um, yeah, oh, that's that. this is, this is a total tangent. I'm not calling you guys out. I've just, I've wanted for years to be able to say this. Um, and Please. I always forget in interviews, but, it took me 10 years to train Kelly on this, but I'm not a musical director. I don't direct musicals. As a matter of fact, I hate musicals. I don't do, <laughs> I don't like Broadway singing. I'm a music director. I, I had to like send emails like NBC, like get my title changed. And that's just my own little thing. There are musical directors and I'm a director who happens to be musical, but no, I direct music. So for all the uh, people out there, get rid of that AL. Please. I don't do music. You know, go, on, go, on, go on all your tangents here. This is the platform to do it. So please, by any means, go ahead. Jason, you you know, you know touched on a good thing there. You said that you're a fan and we have lots of fans on the podcast who talk about how Kelly and her music have impacted their lives, uh, be it either with one-on-one -on -one interactions or from afar. And obviously, you know, we can't really go down that road with you because it would be a four-hour show. Uh, so we thought we would start in a different way with you. And we kind of wanted to talk about how you got your start in music. Like, what made you decide to start playing music? And how old were you? Uh yeah, and I, you know, if you're generally interested, I'll tell it. I feel like I've, I've told this story several times, but obviously everybody hasn't heard it, and um, it's always weird talking about myself. But yeah, so I started. <laughs> I wanted to play guitar as a kid. My mom was like, "No, you have to learn the piano first. I was really upset. Started learning the piano. Um, I took classical music for about two years, and I just hated everything about it. There was nothing. I just I hated it, and um, so I stopped playing piano. And when I was in sixth grade, my mom heard my mom was a nurse um, in Beaumont, Texas, and she heard about a piano teacher that taught a totally different, it's called the number, natural number system is what he taught. So you don't learn to read notes and you don't learn music, you read by numbers and it's, that's a whole Ooh. thing. Um, but instead of teaching me classical music, he would teach me maybe a classical piece I need to learn, but then every week I could bring to him a song off the radio. So my first song was Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer. Nice. Uh and then like next week it was like, I'm from Jersey, so I appreciate okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. David Bryan, one of my favorite keyboard players, and uh, I never had his hair, but uh, a lot of what I play <laughs> came after him. Um, so every week he would, I would bring a song, he would teach me how to play it, and then he would teach me all the whys, you know. So, like, this is how they came about this arrangement, and here's what. So, that, um, so ironically, my first, you know, four years of piano was, was spent learning cover songs and learning pop radio, which really paid off for me later on, never knowing that I'd be playing with. Kelly Clarkson, you know, the, I hate to call it a cover queen because she's so that's, much more than that. Obviously she, yes. she's a, she, yeah. it's like, she's both and she has this incredible career as a songwriter and a pop performer, and she's not afraid to cover and she's not just covering. She's actually reinterpreting. So anyway, you guys already know that, um, yeah. but that played yeah. well into that. Um, um, I, I didn't play any bands growing up. I had one, one high school talent show when I was in seventh grade that some friends of mine in high school and we played the Beastie Boys fight for your right to party and Bon Jovi living on a pro. And I that, was my, that. that was my only ever playing in front of a crowd. And then it was like, you know, 200 people. And then I had a band as most musicians do, you know, one of those bands where we rehearsed every weekend and we rehearsed for two years, never did a show. We built our own stage out of old plywood and like 
had t-shirts made like we did all the things but we never actually played a show but anyway i um but i i love music music was my es escape um you know from we all have our things in childhood and um music was literally just my outlet i poured you know every second of my life into it um so i knew i wanted to be a part of music i never i had no connections i had no idea how i would ever be a part of music so in my mind I was never going to be able to play. I just wanted to be close to the industry. So my wife and I, um, I married at 18, which I would never recommend anybody else do, but it worked for us. But I, I knew her since kindergarten and we were trying to escape together this small town in Texas that we, neither of us fit into for many reasons and moved to Nashville. And I sold all my keyboards. I had, by this time I had a Roland D50 and a Yamaha DX7, which are, you know, great eighties keyboards. Oh, sure. Um, sold one of them to buy her wedding ring for $600. And I sold one of them to help us get a U-Haul to move to Nashville. And it's like, I'm done playing music and I just want to be close to it. So I went to Belmont for music business and my wife wanted to go into artist management and I wanted to go into publicity, specifically tour publicity, where you, yep. the band goes on the road and you get them press, you know, in all their cities and stuff. And, sure. Um, so I think I was in school for six months and my wife, I got an internship at EMI doing publicity my wife got an internship at a management label or a management office. And there was a band there, their top client was looking for a keyboard player. And this was like a, it was a rap group, which I had no experience. Oh, well, I'm now I just told you I played a Beastie Boy song, but this was different. So I was, <laughs> I was not a rap. You know, one song does not fill yeah. out a resume. <laughs> yeah. So that, that wasn't my style. And I, I told my wife, like, this isn't me. I can't do this. And and they were looking for a B3 player. So a B3 is the organ that I play on the show. It's now yeah. my main instrument, ironically. Yeah. I'd never heard of a B3. Um, They're but gorgeous. she told them, she them. told, she told them that I was the best B3 player that she knew. Total lie. <laughs> um, so I have this audition coming up and I had a friend that, uh, an older friend that uh, played B3. And so I bought a ticket on Southwest, flew from Nashville to Austin, spent a weekend literally learning how to turn this machine on, what to do with the draw bar, you know, all the things. Went back got the audition, dropped out of school and went on tour. And that was my first band. And then that, you know, we could talk an hour about how that led to this. And this yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, ended up, I ended up with Kelly. So, you know, Google the rest of it, I guess. Because <laughs> it's, it's really, it's really awesome to know. Cause it, you know, Jeremy and I, we also, we, we work in music as well, but we both took very different paths, but it's really cool that in this industry, really any industry you go into, especially music though, everyone has a different path. So when you hear one person's story, you can't be like, oh, well, that's how they broke. That's how they got yeah. into the industry. That's yeah. how I have to do it. It's so different. Yeah. Like, it's so I'm frustrating for people coming in because I get emails and all the time and, and any of the hardcore Kelly fans know that I'm the worst at replying to anything. I don't, <laughs> I don't ever reply on Instagram or Twitter. It's not because I don't, I just, I'm just horrible at it. But everybody's asking how you break and it's so frustrating because there's there's not a way it's just like when you're learning engineering when i started deciding to become a producer i started picking people's brains well how do you do this and how do you do that and the answer is there's no answer you just sort of figure it out and that's you, the most frustrating thing to somebody yeah. that really really wants to do it and i and i have general things that could help like it's it's really hard to launch a career in music if you're living in beaumont texas like you really need to go to nashville new york or la or london mm -hmm. you know like there's some steps you can take but certainly that's not going to get you a job and unfortunately, talent is not going to get you. I mean, no. you have to have a talent, but talent doesn't guarantee something. There's so many. It's, and really, it's, it's like that in any job, you know. It's really who you know. It's about making those connections and just leaving yeah. out the opportunity. Like, yeah. you know, whether that's an internship, that's how I, I work in management as well. So that's how I got yeah. my start. Or it's, you know, doing like a little volunteer thing or going yeah. to a coffee shop and meeting. You know, it's really just about... Yeah okay, I'm going to do it and it might fail, yeah. but sure, I'll do it, whatever. And, so. and 100%. And it's, and it's definitely, and, and for an introvert like me, it's really hard to put yourself out there yes. to do things or to ask and to, and it's, I've had to really, I, I still struggle with that, you know. Um, I um, totally yeah, get it. So Jason, we obviously, uh, we know your story about how, you know, you, you started playing uh, with, with bands in the, in the CCM format. Uh, I know that in my music collection, the first mention I have of Jason Halbert is on the DC talk Jesus freak record. And so um, obviously, you know, I, I, I know how that, that format sort of, you know, ended up not being your cup of tea. And so we know the story about how you eventually meet and connect with Randy Jackson via the Idol franchise. And at what point did you start specifically working with the Idol folks? Um, that was, that was Randy Jackson. And I actually, I think I've told the story a couple of times, but I, 
I met Randy. I was touring with Nick Carter from Backstreet Boys and he was on his solo album, which I really enjoyed. It was a really good record. And those were some really um, great times touring with him. And we were doing um, a, a radio show and well, we were doing several and it was Destiny's Child's Lester. And so we would, you know, we were one of the artists that would, you know, it was a multi-artist kind of festival thing. The Destiny's Child was every day. And I didn't know at the time, but Randy Jackson was out on the road with them. And I, I wasn't familiar with America. Matter of fact, during this, I don't even know if American Idol was filming when I did this tour, but I knew who Randy Jackson was because he played in Journey right. um, for a while. And so to me, that's, wow, that's Randy Jackson Journey. And I knew about his career with Mariah Carey. Um, but I actually didn't know he was on the road. You know, there's so many artists. And he said, I'd, I'd never run into him. I'd never seen him. And um, I flew my brother out to Miami just to come see the show because I think there were some other bands he wanted to see. And we were in the dressing room and he he saw Destiny's Child's dressing room across the way and he wanted to meet Beyonce. And I've, I've never had a problem asking. I'm not, you know, a lot of people question, like, do you go talk to a celebrity or not? I, I figured you can ask and somebody can say no. So I went up to security and like, hey, is there any chance I could get a picture? And he was like, hang on a second. He's like, yeah, absolutely. Come on in. So I bring my brother in and um, all three of Destiny's Child's were standing there. And um, there was a guy in the room talking to him. And I said, hey, man, would you mind taking a picture of us? And he said, sure took the picture and then went out in the hallway and he came out and I said, you know, thanks for taking the picture. We start talking. The guy that took the picture was Randy Jackson. I still have the, the picture yeah. of us all. Um, we started talking, we exchanged phone numbers and I thought, well, this is really cool. You know, I was fanboying over journey, um, exchanged numbers. And of course, never called me, never texted, you know, never, never heard from him at all. Uh, this was like October of probably 2002. So he must've been an idol by then. Cause Kelly, Kelly just, won in 2002, like right? Finished, yeah. 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 Okay. So this must have been, yeah, that would make sense. He must have wrapped filming and then, okay. So that, that makes sense. Um, again, I've never seen Idol. didn't even know it was on. Um, <laughs> I didn't watch it either. If that makes you feel yeah, better. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, and I got, I, I had Nick Carter stuff was ending and I'd gone to some auditions and um, I got a call back for Jane's Addiction, which was a band that I was into. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I didn't get the job necessarily, but I got a call back and it was um, uh, me. And I know that Chris Pooley, who is now the music director for American Idol, he's the one who actually ended up taking the job. Uh, but I didn't know at the time. I, I thought I had a chance at it. And Randy Jackson called me and literally like, yo, dog, this is Randy. <laughs> I have the show, American Idol. And we're just, you know, uh, we're going to go do a bunch of TV promo. And I've got these artists, Justin and Kelly, never heard of. Uh, and would you want to put a band together? I'm, I'm, and I just said, I'm sorry. I just, you know, I'm, I'm going after this other job and I just don't think I can do it. Called my wife and she was like, uh, you need to call him back because she and my kids have been watching the entire season of American Idol. They voted for Kelly. And um, she was like, need to call him back. So I called him back and I said, oh, I'll, I'll look into it. And, you know, I never auditioned for it. I never, Randy just literally called me in and was like, okay, uh, next Friday, uh, you're doing Leno with Justin Guarini. I think we did a song called Sorrow or Sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, did that. I still had no idea I was going to be working with Kelly at all. So I was actually working for Justin and he was doing a thing um, for Good Morning America in June of 2003. And Kelly and Justin had a duet, uh, Timeless, from the movie Justin and Kelly, which I still have not seen Kelly. Uh, <laughs> I promise her I would never watch it. So I've never seen it. Breaking um, news. But actually, I love the songs on it because we, you know, we did a medley one tour of like the bounce. The bounce is my favorite. It like, is so a great soundtrack. I will yeah, start a really petition is. to get that music out there. Yeah, we yeah. we've talked about this in the past about how it's almost criminal that that soundtrack never saw the light of day, and and yeah. it deserves it. Yeah, I've tried to work it into a couple of I, I, <laughs> we, one tour. We did a medley of it. So yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, we did timeless. I met Kelly. We had to we had to meet for uh, we had to rehearse. So we were at SIR in New York. And I, she just came in and ran the song. She didn't know us. We were just Justin's band at that point. And I was walking out the door and she was like, hey, wait, can you come back a second? And I said, yeah. And she was working on a Christmas project at the time. Um, and she was recording Amy Grant's um, Grown Up Christmas Wish. I think we did that. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a bunch of TV promo after that for it. And she needed help picking out a key. And she's like, have you ever heard the song Grown Up Christmas Wish? Well, obviously, with my CCM background, I knew every Amy Grant song ever written. Sure. So like, yeah. And so uh, I don't know if she was somewhat impressed that I knew the song or what, because it's a lot of chords. Um, helped her pick a key. And then we sort of started talking and bonding over Texas. And then a week later, she asked me if I would stay with her. And again, 
it wasn't because of talent. I think I think literally Kelly hired me because I was from Texas. I really think that's <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thankful for it. And uh, it's um, you know, so I'll can we um, can we say here then that Kelly stole you from Justin? Uh, it, at the time, yeah, I guess so. I mean, in <laughs> hindsight, nothing. Justin didn't continue, so yeah, it right. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like a steal. And and technically, she only quote stole me for that one. Um, I don't know what tour it was. I I call it the trailer park tour, and I grew up in the trailer park, so no offense, <laughs> you know, my, my people. Um, but it was like it was a state fair tour, and I'd never, you know, the band I'd started with, my first band ever was DC Talk, and I literally started playing in arenas, so I'd never yeah. done. Oh, wow. So now I'm with Kelly Clarkson, the winner of Idol, and we're playing like monster truck rallies bicycle things like <laughs> oh at God. state fairs on like a pullout bed trail you know so uh-huh. uh, it, was, it was and i hadn't traveled and that's you know it was like it was a tour of the midwest of state fairs um that's so we did like a little three-week run in that and then after that i was done with kelly and then randy put me on reuben and clay so i was so i did you know clay's solo stuff all of his um tv promo and then and then and then um see it was a there was a tour i did with clay I definitely won't get into this, but I ended up leaving the tour. Let's put it that way. I, I didn't finish the clay tour, and um, which was really scary for me because I, you know, I had no income and I didn't know that I, I, I just had to quit. So I, I we left the tour, and um, the next week I called um, 19 Management um, and it'll be there who now manages Carrie, and I said, hey, by any chance, if Kelly ever has anything going on, please let me know. And she's like, wow, funny you called. We just finished this song called Breakaway, and we're gonna do it start doing promo and let me see if we want to have you on it. So we did. And um, we started doing breakaway from there. So yeah, I don't know if she stole me. It sort of worked out, you know, it's like, you know, we're <laughs> I'm glad she did whatever you want to call it. I'm very, very, very glad she did. Cause it's isn't it crazy when you make just one little decision and it can affect the next 20 years of your life. Um, yeah. Good or bad. So yes, absolutely. So obviously, um, you know, there's been a lot of band members that have, have toured and worked with not only Kelly, but with you as well. Um, and, you know, a lot of them are fan favorites. I mean, we're talking people like Aben and Corey and Anar and Lester. Yep. Um, yep. Can you kind of talk about, because the the breakaway era is sort of when a lot of the core people that the fans really, you know, kind of fell in love with, with the backing band. Can you talk about kind of how those those guys all sort of came to be to, to join you in the band? Well, you're testing this 47 year old's memory really hard right <laughs> well, now. We, we have kind of a we have a decent idea about Aben because we know that he was out touring with Graham Colton. Yeah, so he was um, with Graham Colton, and um, and that's definitely you know, where we met and became friends. And yeah. then um, uh, we had another guitar player that um, ended up not staying with us, and so we brought Aben in at that point. And I think Aben's one of the first one. Who was the band on Breakaway? Let's see, it was it was uh, Al Jimmy Al. Yep, and um, Al we brought back for Meaning of Life. Yeah, it's a you, you you literally don't see this in any other band that I know of. Like it's just funny coming off of the stole. Like Kelly doesn't consider musicians property, and so like usually it's like this is Pink's guitar player, this is Alanis guitar player, and Kelly never approached things that way. So like we like we had Corey Churko was our fiddle player on the um, Breakaway tour. Yeah, we had mm-hmm. two we had two yeah. violin players on the tour, uh, Corey and Nimrod, and um, we our guitar player didn't finish the last two shows. We needed a guitar player for the last two shows. And um, Corey was our fiddle player. And Corey was like, well, I'll play guitar for you. Never heard him play guitar. Well, it turns out he'd been playing with Shania for you know six years. At this yeah. Point with Shania. And he plays everything. I mean, I knew that. Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, so literally he came in and did the next two shows perfectly. And we're like, oh my gosh, it's Corey. So, so now Corey's our guitar player. Well, now Corey has to go about on tour with Shania and never was like, let's make a choice. So Corey did Shania and I see you're free. And then Corey came back in and it's been this, and it's the same the way now with Jocko Caraco. We have Jocko and then he goes out with Miley and then comes back and hang there are singers. Like I just say that just for people to know that that's so rare. And I would say, you know, the fans would actually probably know better than I have. We've probably had 20 to 30 different musicians, Mm -hmm. you know, over the years, I would say out of that 30, like any other job, there's maybe two or three, um, that were let go for one reason or another. The rest of them, it never was a sense, you know, people, you know, when people are like, why is this person here not from there? It's, it could be anything from they needed time with family and Kelly's like, yeah, go take it. Or it's, they had another tour. Um, I just really appreciate that about this camp. Yeah. So back to your question. Sorry, I can. No, it's <laughs> okay. okay. I was, I was just going to say also that like, I think what a lot of 
people don't necessarily know if they're not familiar with like touring life is that and for a lot of musicians, whether you're working with a artist who's playing an arena or who's playing a little club, a lot of them, it's just a lot of it's gig based. So you yep. go out for a couple months at a time and then you're just working for the next gig. That's also common. Yep. I'm not sure yep. how exactly it is in yeah. this, the it's, Casey world. It's, a, it's, just, it's the same way. And it's just yeah. so rare. Like we have musicians here that have been here eight, 10, for me, 18 years. Like that's, it's, it's extremely rare that this just doesn't happen a lot. So it says a lot about says a lot about Kelly's loyalty and it says a lot about the type of environment that she's created that everybody wants to come back to it, you know, cause, cause now in hindsight, it looks like a no brainer, but it, at times Kelly wasn't the biggest artist out there. Um, and there were people that were on much bigger tours um, that would, you know, even like Nicole Hurst, who we just lost recently. Um, she, you know, same thing. She would go back to working with Justin Timberlake, you know, and, and Justin's, you know, playing sold out huge stadium and super Bowl, all stuff like that. And there's, um, I'm bragging on our camp. We have such a good group of people that you have people that just want to be a, a part of it. Well, I think that that really speaks to an artist is the people that surround that artist, because, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of spotlight on Kelly. But, you know, the fans really do get attached to the band as well. I mean, we can go down the line with, you know, yeah. people like Nicole, who we are. We are so sorry um, for yeah. to all of you yeah. in uh, in Kelly's camp uh, for your loss. Uh, but I mean, you, you even think about, you know, going back to, you know, Al and you think of Jill and Kate yeah. and you think of just the, yeah. the number of people who have come through that camp and all of them have become, you know, part of the family, not just for you guys, I'm, I'm certain, uh, but to the fan base as well. And the fans continue to follow them around and, and keep tabs on the projects that they're doing. And I mean, even, even you yourself, I mean, you're playing with Colby Calais, doing some dates with her too, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, I'm, and that's, I don't even feel like I'm doing work for that. That's, that's my selfish, like, you know, some people to lose, to blow off steam, go play golf or some people, you know, play tennis and, um, it's crazy as it is. Like I'm the Colby stuff for me is just um, I've, I've I've listened to her music now for probably ten years plus, and there's just something. Um, I wish I could say this in a way that was understood. It's not even a comparison of artists, but obviously they have very different voices. Mm-hmm. And Kelly's voice is in my either in my ears or coming out of my speakers twelve hours out of every day. For and so <laughs> Colby is such a different tone. It's almost like it's it's a it's a different, it's a different listening experience. So sure. um, it's, it's not anyway, work for say, you. Yeah, exactly. So it's listening and, and there's definitely Kelly songs that I listen to as well, but it's, um, uh, it, it was just therapeutic for me. So the, the Colby thing, like, to be honest, I, I don't even know, I don't even know if I'm getting paid for it or how much it's just, I just wanted to do it. <laughs> been, so, so I think when Jocko first came on, um, and I found out he was playing for Colby, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you got to get me on this. Gig. I've been asking him for eight years to, and this final one, I'm like, I'm not bringing you back until you get me a Colby gig. He's like, I can't. <laughs> and ironically, Colby's music director, most uh, or formerly, is Cheche Alara, and he's a he's a music director in LA and great piano player. He's actually the one that put me um, on Paulina Rubio, who's a she was a judge on Take on X Factor, yeah. Latin artist. So Cheche's put me in a couple of things, and when he couldn't do a Colby gig, he asked me to do it, and I was just like. Yes, I'm in. <laughs> um, so I just did my second gig with her uh, this weekend. I think I have a, a couple more. And uh, yeah. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, in our band, like you talk about, like it's your fans get attached. These, you know, imagine living for a year. I mean, we're with each other 24 hours a day. We're living together on our bus. So these, all these musicians are friends, family. Our kids are growing up together. We've celebrated marriages, divorce, everything. Like it's, it's literally like family members and it's, and it's hard when somebody's not there for a season. It's just like you're, and I, I think we're still in touch with just about, I mean, I just talked to Jill and Kate yesterday. We, you know, I, I see or talk to them at least once a month. I, um, Abe and even more than that, uh, I'll, I'll our kids grew up together and went to camps together. And it's just like, these are, these are more than just musicians. These are just really, really great friends. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So I'm going to just switch gears for a little bit. Okay. So clearly you've, you know, you've done a lot of awesome things. You've been very well, well-traveled. Um, I kind of wanted to ask what have been some of your personal top favorite experiences working with Kelly? There's uh, well, so many. Um, obviously the piece by piece in American Idol was a highlight, very, very unexpected um, response. Um, fans are all about that. Um, I mean, playing the White House this year, the inauguration, I think it was Obama's second inauguration. Um, that was incredible because we, um, 
What song did we do? Do you even know? My Country <laughs> to Zivi, I think. Was it that? I thought I James think. Taylor did it, but okay, maybe it is. Anyway, whatever it was, <laughs> um, a lot of a lot of times the way Kelly works, and I, I hope one day I can release some of these things to show people her talent. Um, a lot of a lot of times she'll just send me a voice memo, so I'll get a random message, and it's her singing acapella, you know, and then we and then I try to craft that into a, a song, like even you know, something like Catch My Breath, she would just send me a verse and then I'm like trying to create music around that. Um, so for the inauguration, and Kelly would be the first to admit, she said it, how somebody can have one of the best voices I've ever heard and have no sense of timing is just beyond me. And I think that's why I have my job is I can follow her. Like, you know, to a musician, you follow one, two, three, four. Um, Kelly is like one, two, three, four. One, like, <laughs> and, piece, and piece by piece is an example. Um, if you listen to all of our arrangements, um, she Kelly doesn't. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of space in between the vocal. Like she'll really take her time a moat, and then it's like there's musical stuff, and then she comes in again. So like on piece by piece, you know, I'm not a singer, as everybody knows. Uh, you know the verse, and I don't remember is okay, and then and I have to play real fast. Slow it down. Right. So that's that's kind of our flow, and so. For the inauguration, she just sent me a voice memo, and I was trying to play along to it, and it was going like three, four, five, four, seven, four. You know, there was this. It, oh, it wasn't the strict arrangement. Yeah. And for her, she's just singing a cappella, and she's just feeling the emotion. But because we had a live orchestra, I had to actually tempo map that so that the orchestra could follow along with the clicks. So I had to. So anyway, all to say, while she was singing with the orchestra arrangement. I was at front of house with a microphone in her ears, literally just giving her three fours to um, oh my gosh. to let her know when the next section is to come in. Wow. And it was actually more pressure doing that for me than actually playing with her live because I'm like, because if I mess her up, you know, she's said all the time, she's Ron Burgundy. So if I <laughs> if I counted in wrong or did something wrong, or if I sneezed, I could have, you know, blown the whole thing. Oh so that my was gosh. a huge There's highlight. no redoing that as well. Like no. that is no. the no. world yeah. is watching you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, well, uh, wow, there's just been the, the Garth Brooks thing we just did, Kennedy Honors. Yeah. I'm, I'm only saying recent things because they're most of my memory, but it's just, uh, we, I get to be a part of more things in a year than some people in a lifetime. So it's yeah. just like, they're all momentous. So, I mean, the Grammy performance where I think it was me and, was it me and Aben and Corey on the center of the Grammys? I think we did, um, who were we? Carol King. Was it Carol King thing? Yeah. 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 yeah that, that was, that was amazing. I mean, when we, we did an episode so uh, all about, you know, sort of some of Kelly's career highlights and, and one of the ones I was, I was wondering if you were going to bring it up or not, but, and, and we know that you are a man of faith. And so one of the biggest things was Kelly's performance uh, in front of the Pope. And I know that you guys were all there as well. I mean, how much of an out of body experience was that for you? It was, but, in a very different way. So I, I, um, I, I, I didn't grow up Catholic. I grew up Protestant. Mm -hmm. Um, and my father-in-law had just recently converted from Protestant to Catholicism. So I, I didn't have, um, just, I don't, I had no knowledge or history of, you know, kind of even what a Pope was. Um, yeah. Uh, I had played for a previous Pope with DC talk. I want to, I feel like it was John Paul two maybe or something. Mm -hmm. Um, um, so anyway, we, so for this one, we play for Pope A. I'd, I'd never, I'd never heard the song Ave Maria before, but telling that's what we were. I think that's the song that we yep. did. So you know, learned that, and there was no sense of pressure for me. It was just you know another song we're doing it. I think we <laughs> just another game. There, um, <laughs> until we got there, and it was just it was the most amazing experience. I somebody can probably fact check me, but this is my this is my recollection. I think there's a thing where when a pope, wherever a pope is, is actually considered. Um, Vatican land or whatever. So, so anyway, as we were coming in, it was like state trooper check line, um, secret service check line, and then past the secret service, the Vatican guard now has jurisdiction. So like there was all these layers of getting in. So with each layer, you're getting the sense of, oh, oh, this is a really big deal. This is a big deal. And then you're seeing snipers and then you're, you know, the, the, now the pressure is building up. And I was, um, anyway, I was in my hotel room getting ready and shaving my head, which I, I didn't do today because I wasn't sure this was video or not, but anyway, <laughs> shave my head and I'm watching the the Pope on um, TV. I, I, people, it was on and I, I want to see the venue and, and people were greeting the Pope and then they would kneel down and then they, they kissed his ring or his hand, you know, 
and uh, it, it felt very Monty Pythonish to me. I'm not, <laughs> wrong, it's just, I'm just saying, I had no experience not. with that. So that was sure. a new, new thing to me. And I remember calling my wife and I'm watching, this is weird. And I'm like, I just, I go, and I'm a, I'm not a touchy person anyway. I don't, I'm not a hugger. I'm not a, <laughs> which is weird working with Kelly because, oh my gosh, she's a nonstop hugger. <laughs> but um, I said to my wife, I'm like, I, I could never kiss a guy's ring. Like, I just can't imagine kneeling down and doing the thing. It just, you know, so I'm so like, I would never do that. And um, so anyway, we're on stage. And uh, um, as, as you walk the stage, it's like this, there's an escape pit thing with a slide for the Pope. Like there was an attack. There's like, there was this whole bio chamber underneath wow. with like, like it was, it was intense. Yeah. And so at this time now I'm a little bit tense about, you know, um, just the whole event and, the, one of the Vatican guard, which is similar to a secret service. I had a, an escort and, you know, he walked me onto the stage and, you know, they, then they started telling you things like, you know, never turn your back on the Pope. You know, there's, it's, it'd be just like meeting the queen mm-hmm. um, where you would, there's certain things you do out of respect. And I'm like, and absolutely. I was very respectful of it. Um, so and he was like, and as soon as you're done, you're going to exit turn, you know, immediately don't turn your back, but just get off the stage as fast as possible. And, um, we finished the song and it was awesome. And I'm trying to leave the stage and a Vatican guard grabs me by the shoulders and turns me around to face the Pope again. He's like, you need to go up and greet the Pope. And so like <laughs> Kelly had gone up and somebody else, I think, uh, who was, was it Corey? I can't remember who the, I, See, I think Corey and Aben might've both been with Aben, you. Right? That's right. Yeah. Aben, okay. Cause Aben was in front of me. No, Aben was behind me, I think. So anyway, national TV. And, um, I felt like Forrest Gump and all of a sudden I, <laughs> There was no tra- training. I didn't know what to do. And so I was just watching what everybody else did. And they would walk up. And lo and behold, I walked across the stage. And I knelt down and kissed the postman <laughs> just after I said I would never do it. because it about him. And, and then I learned after the fact, apparently, because my father-in-law had just um, – and, and it was embarrassing because, the, the, you know, again, I, had, I, I just didn't have a lot of knowledge of it. He was handing out little bags. You know, I called it like party favorites. Yeah, it's like a goodie bag. Turns out, like a- turns out it was rosaries, and it was a big deal to get you know a rosary and pope. And I ended up giving it to my father-in-law, but I was just so nervous and out of body that I knelt down, kissed, and ran around. And then the Vatican guards grabbed me again because I didn't accept the the, the bag. Oh, jeez! So I went back and did the whole thing. So anyway, it was that has nothing to do with the music. It's just that was a very very memorable event for me. And then I found out you were only supposed to kiss his ring if you were actually Catholic. Oh. So now. Now I'm getting like phone calls and messages from my family. Um, and a lot of my family, my wife's family in Texas are assemblies of God pastors. And, um, you know, we, it, the whole story about that. But anyway, we, all of a sudden I'm in this call. It's like, oh, so you guys have converted. You're Catholic now. And I'm like, no, I just, I just did what I was, I kissed the ring. I did it on <laughs> anyway, your behalf. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Really, so, so it was, it was definitely an honor. And I learned a lot more about after the fact. And it was really awesome to be able to give my father-in-law the the rosary and uh, I'll never forget the images of doing since you've been gone um which I don't know if they televised that but we did like a little mini concert type thing previous to the Pope well he wasn't he wasn't there okay. so like we did a pre thing but I think it was at Yonkers seminary it was in Yonkers, so yeah. anyway I just remember literally priests and nuns and all of a sudden they start lifting these priests that the priests are like body surfing you know and pull on <laughs> oh habits God. and the thing like that and we're just it was a very surreal I need to that's find that footage that's amazing. yes yeah. yeah there was there was there was a priest mosh pit out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay switching gears again um you know Kelly, obviously, uh, you and her have had a long relationship. And over that time, you know, there's been increased amount of involvement with you and her recording her albums. How has your involvement increased in the recording of Kelly's albums? Uh, I mean, incrementally a lot. And it's gone from and again, I've, it's um, I mean, hopefully there's a little bit of talent there and I'm, I'm doing good by her. But honestly, a lot of it started off just out of convenience. It was just so much easier, you know to come to the dressing room and I would set something up and I would record something for her. And I can't remember even the first thing I may have, well, I think my December was the first time I, I worked on something, but I didn't record a lot of her vocals for that. But uh, as time went on, it was, even now it's um, a lot of times it's just a step of convenience to walk next door and do that. Now, fortunately, you know, I didn't go to college, didn't, didn't learn anything professionally engineering, but as the music director, I had lots of access to, you know, we, when you do a tour, you get the producers to send you all the raw parts of the album. So from day one, I'm getting sessions from Max Martin, from Dr. Luke, from John Shanks. And, you know, when you get to see somebody's workflow, it's literally like going to college. I'd be like, oh, that's how they do that. I never knew how that happened. Or, 
or why can't I get this sound? And I would call up the producer and um, I remember, I think it was My Life Would Suck. There was a, there's a synth bass sound at the top of it. I didn't know how to make that sound. So I called up Dr. Luke and I'm like, how? And he's, oh, you do this, 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 and this. So anyway, I learned a lot from these producers just by getting to watch how they did things. And then I think that helped my craft. And then, um, and because of my lack of knowing how to do things right, a lot of her vocals that I recorded were just more raw and natural. I didn't, I didn't know how to compress a certain way. I didn't know how to edit vocals a certain way. And she felt like, wow, this sounds like me. Cause a lot of times she would record something you know, people would notice on the album, she sounded one way live. She sounded different. And I feel like when I record her vocal, it sounds more like Kelly. Yeah. And there's a few fans that tend to agree and like the vocals that I record. And there's, you know, my, my bio on, um, Instagram is Jason Halbert. He's no Greg Kirsten. And that's a, that's a, that's, that's a running joke from Pulse Message Board. There's a, there's a couple of people there that are not fans. Of, you know, it's like when they hear that I've produced something, they're like, oh, Jason again. Oh, oh we hate everything. You know. And there's some people that love it. And it doesn't, to me, it's funny. It's just because I, I can't do anything more than what I can do. Yeah. And sure. I'm probably one of Greg Kirsten's biggest fans. So I'm like, of course I'm no Greg Kirsten. I'm never going to be. You know, but I've learned a lot from him. Um, so I have a different style of production with her vocal and, um, you know, in the recording process, uh, well, some artists, you might take a hundred takes and you're clumping like every little word together. Um, with Kelly, um, I, I probably get three or four takes at a, at a given time out of her and we just do whole passes. And um, and I literally sit with my eyes closed. And, you know, if, if she's saying the same phrase four times, I'm never looking for the perfect one. I'm looking for the one that has the most emotion in it, you know, or uh-huh. I'm a fan of that low gravelly thing in her voice or mm-hmm. sometimes or like the little imperfections and so I literally go through and just choose whatever has the most emotion to me yeah and um you know and I'm a soft when it comes to it. like she she makes me cry on a regular basis it's amazing how she can emote things in her yeah. voice so um so that's my approach to producing her vocals and I think she tends to like so I think half of it's convenience and half of it she just likes what really sounds so I'm curious because the million dollar question that every fan, you know, submitted to us for a question, which we yep. kind of know we're, we're not going to get, get, get any answer about, which is yep. when is new music coming? You can, yep. can you confirm. Yeah. Confirm it soon. <laughs> That's really the all company, you can say. The company line is soon. Yeah. yeah. So and, here, that- and here's, and here's the deal. I used to like speak out more about the stuff and without exaggeration for the past 18 years, there's never been a month that I haven't recorded something for Kelly for some upcoming project. And even, and the fans know this, even when Kelly says, hey, my next single is such and such, something inevitably happens where maybe it's not. So I just gave up trying to predict. So all I know is I've worked on a lot of music and there's been some speculation online about what that might be. And there there are some, some elements, but I don't know if that's actually for now or what. Right. And then we've been working on stuff that is definitely not what fans think it is. And then- yeah. I've, I've recorded three or four things in the last six months that have nothing to do with an album, but that if they come out are some of the most exciting things I've ever done. So I'm not being cryptic and I never, you know, I'm, I'm never mad for somebody asking. And it's not that even, and nobody's ever told me, no, I just feel like it's not my story to tell. I don't want to mess up any, um, you know, surprises. Sometimes that's fun. And, and to be honest, even if Kelly came on and said, this is what's happening, there's a chance that maybe something else will happen. So I just yeah. like it to come out when it comes out. And yeah. it's always a surprise because a lot of times it, by the time something comes out, I forgot that I was even a part of it. Like I'm right. Like I'm getting another, another round of messages right now about um, the morning show um, appearance that we did. Well, that was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Honestly, I forgot that we ever even did that, you know? So by the time things come out, I've, there's just so much going on in a good way. So that's not a crypt. So music is coming soon. It's also, <laughs> It, you you don't make the call it's really a label right. and a management yeah. thing so there's like a, there's yeah. a lot of people to go yeah. through so um but the same thing with like you know everybody's like please release whatever demo version from 2003 of the song <laughs> you wrote and like come on you know i can't do that yeah, yeah. not even like it's just you have to go through it, the even, songwriters even, it's a different you know, label. Kelly said, yeah exactly and it's just that's not my thing yeah. keep on asking and there's somebody out there whoever you are good try um there's somebody that keeps on who will pretend to be me and email Avon or pretend to be me and email David Kahn or Jimmy Messer. And I'll get an email from Jimmy and it's like, Hey, I got an email from you that you needed this track for my December. I'm like, no, that is not me. This last time I trolled the dude. And so the, whoever it was was like, Hey, this is Jimmy. I need this file from such and such. And I'm like, Oh, great to hear from you. I'll put it in your Dropbox. 
you know and then he responded with oh i can't find that link can you text it to me I'm like oh sure i'd send it to your old cell phone number yeah so um, <laughs> we're not going to get it out of us and it's wow. really not that important and yeah wow. but good try <laughs> oh my gosh that being said what is it like though because you know all right go, go, let's go back five years you yeah. predominantly are just working on her musical career and that's yeah. already a very very full-time job what is it yeah. like now doing the music and talk show and trying to make all that work. What are the yeah, challenges? Yeah, well, I mean, I was as shocked as Kelly or anybody else when I found out we were doing a TV show. And then and then we were all kind of scared at first because it's, you know, well, does this mean she's going to go hire Ricky Minor and his band? And are we going to work? Are we not going to work? I don't know, uh, which would all be fair. Um, but anyway, she asked me a TV show. And by this point, I've done 300 plus TV shows over the, you know, so I thought, oh yeah, I've got to handle how TV works. I had no idea. Um, <laughs> you know how to the, go for sound check, perform the one song, and leave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and we're used to like learning stuff on the fly. So I thought, got this unbelievably different world, um, unbelievably different workflow. On tour, Kelly is whatever Kelly says. I get to do and get the resources. Now I've told the story a hundred times. Like, if, I think we were might have been in Vegas, and literally like at ten in the morning, she's like. Hey, I want to cover this Britney Spears song and I want a harp player. So I had to source a harpist, you know, before a show, or I want a kids choir in Africa and okay, we, you know, whatever. And I love that stuff. So, so the first week of the TV show, the producers say, we're filming a segment on 18th century cooking and we want to dress the band up like an 18th century stuff. And can you play some medieval type music? And I'm like, sure. Um, and so I talked Kelly, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to get a hurdy gurdy, which is this medieval instrument to play it. And so I, I did, I had my tech book it. Um, we found one that Hans Zimmer owns and we did the whole thing. And and then I turned in my receipt to NBC and it's like, yeah, we use this in the show. And they're like, yeah, we didn't know anything about that. You didn't get approval. I'm like, but Kelly said, well, that's not how, you know, I've had to learn how to go through, you know, there's- The touring life Kelly is different. Says, yeah. Touring life is very different. Um, yeah. But man, the challenge of it's great. And in hindsight, wow, I can't even imagine, like my, the fact that she went into TV right before this pandemic, I mean, all my friends are out of work. This has been a really hard year for musicians. And so to, yep. to actually have been able to keep a job during this yeah. is just I was out amazing. for a while. I'm so, so thankful that. for it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's crazy. This, yeah. Well, and, and we should say too, uh, since we have you on the line and we're able to say this to you, you and the band and the production team, I mean, everybody at the show, you guys did an immaculate job. Insane. Uh, especially <laughs> when it came to when you guys were sort of doing the summer shows last year and you were putting the Kellyokis together when everyone is scattered everywhere. I I think that was so missed by the industry of how truly difficult that had to have been uh from every aspect from from you arranging and and putting everything together and I can't even I'm I don't mean to minimize what you do but I mean there's there's a lot that you did behind the scenes that nobody will ever see and not to mention you know the editors and the band members and Jesse and yeah. Kelly I mean the everything that came together with that was so incredibly well done they're actually some of my favorite performances because there was just a different level to them so uh props to you guys for for doing what you did with what you had to deal with last summer. Cause it was, it was truly incredible. Thanks. We, we enjoyed it. It was, it was, it was half us coming together and it was half just trying to save our jobs. Cause we were like, you know, the, the natural thing was during pandemic. So well, we're not going to do any Kelly Oakies cause how do we do that? We had no reference for even how it would happen. And Kelly's in Montana and the band is scattered all over the place. And I, I told her, no, we can do this. We can do this. And, um, you know, we usually rehearse in the room so we can bounce ideas and I can say, no, I don't like that. Blah, blah, blah. Um, this time I would have to arrange something and Lester would start by just playing drums by himself and he would have to imagine what I would want and he would add little hits and fills and then Kyle would add his bass and so it, the way that came out was amazing. The hardest part was Kelly's vocal because she was recording on an iPhone. There was no microphone. It was literally her iPhone the video and you know how oh that quality gosh. is. Yeah. So yeah. To get rid of, you know, I learned a lot as far as I did I did the best I could, you know, and I think it sounds pretty amazing. It sounded incredible. Yes. An iPhone, you know. Um, yeah, so that was, it was fun and challenge. And then, and then the Henson sessions we did coming back was another level of challenge because at this point she was back in LA still filming at our house and we were at Henson. And so I was like, surely we can bring her screen and like, I, I want to feel like we're performing with Kelly. So the logistics of pre-recording her vocal performance and then incorporating that live when we did was a new challenge. And we, 
we got through that. But anyway, thank you. I, it was it, it was it was a blast, and it was we just didn't want a show to exist without Kelly Oki because we don't want to figure out that you know obviously she can carry a show all by herself. But we want to be a part of it. <laughs> Hopefully, you won't have to do it like that ever yeah. again, though. Fingers so, yeah. crossed. Um, so I know you've said that you have. I don't want to say lurk. Lurk is not the right word. You have looked at different boards and social media yep. to get input from fans. So I, I'm curious what involvement you, what what involvement for any project do you get from just seeing feedback or seeing ideas that people would, would want? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I, I initially started as a tool like the, the KC Express, which is now on Top of Talk or something. Um, I started looking at that probably post somewhere on breakaway as a research tool. Um, you know, the YouTube was fairly new at the time and they were archiving performances. And so if Kelly wanted to do a song again and I couldn't remember what key it was in, I would go to the express and download our performance. Like they were like the archivist, our performance. And um, there's one longtime member, director, Sandy. Yeah. 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 So I messaged her early on and I, I can't remember what it was. We were one of the tours we were, we it was definitely we were going to start doing a cover song every day and I couldn't remember what all we had covered. And so Sandy had compiled a list to me of everything we'd ever done. And now there's like an ongoing thread. I can literally. There's a, there's a Google doc. There's a Google doc. Someone has one. I now have it so that I can (laughs) go back because I've lost track. And so now I can say, have we done the song? Yes. And where'd we do it? And I can get a recording of it. And so anyway, that's kind of how it started. And then you see the inevitable commentary that happens on it. And I'm, I'm drawn more to the negative comments, but in for, that reply to me, just um, in a good way. I like hearing what's working, what's not working. And I can dismiss some things as, you know, some people don't have all the information. So it's like, well, why aren't you doing the song or why are you doing that? So we have our reasons, but it's, it's good to hear. And then I start getting creative ideas from fans. Um, the never again piano only version that came from a fan who suggested wow. it. Or, um, I think the um, one of the tours we did sort of a, a little audio medley of her greatest hits going together that that came from a fan so i'm constantly they have great ideas you know and i and, and then i'm i'm always kind of pushing you start to see certain things come to the surface and you're like i can go to kelly and say wow there's a lot of people would really like to hear such and such and i think that's when i um i can't remember what you i implemented the kelly throwback where we would do covers um, and then once a show we would do something from her catalog yeah um, which is selfish for me because there's always songs you know we love it knows, like I keep pushing what's up lonely and uh, I, you know that, that was my, my next favorite. that was my our last question before we get into our uh rapid fire was going to be about that Jason what do we have to do as a collective fandom do we have to get like a petition started to get that <laughs> into a set list is there anything uh, we can do to help you I literally think there's probably been four tours already where it's been a part of the set list we rehearsed it we're going to do it and then it goes away uh, and so but but at least we get it once or twice and there's several songs that are my favorites so I'm willing to spirit. I'm willing to like spearhead that and just you know yeah. help you out because I I've never I don't think I've, I've ever actually seen that live and I'd love to. It's yeah. a fantastic song. I know it's your 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 yeah. one of your favorites. Yeah, I just love the chords, love her vocal on it, and um, you know I think you love me is one of my favorite songs that she's done. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, yeah, there's so many. So I'm always always trying to get a little bit in, and I I have a um I have a plan for this season that everybody's gonna love. Ooh, all right i'm excited that's, that's for, for you heard it here yeah. first excellent cryptic yeah. message but you heard it here first well jason when you uh when you said you were okay with coming on the podcast you said that you'd love to do some fan rapid fire questions and so we've gathered some that uh we got hundreds of questions that people Literally. sent into us and we had to Great. whittle it down to just a few so um we're gonna well, this hit... is my penance for not replying to any tweets i feel like i'm replying right now <laughs> so I can give you well, there you go all right uh pam i'll do the odd number ones you do the even number ones okay fantastic all right. Let's do it. Uh, oh, first no, one. <laughs> no, don't, don't be. Don't there's be. not. There's not that many. Uh, all right. So this one's from Henry. He wants to know your favorite Kelly album. Uh, sorry, piece by piece, probably piece by piece. Yes. All right. All right. This Kelly. is from Rob. Favorite tour that Kelly tour that you have performed on? Hands down, ask Kelly anyone in the band the Maroon Five tour. It was like interesting. Got, it, it, was really? a, it was the fun. It was the fun of headlining without headlining and we were done every day got to go out and watch room five we had little barbecues set up like it was it felt like summer camp like and it was the coolest hang between the bands like everything about that tour is hands down our favorite as far as being a part of it the actual logistics of it 
uh, as far as production, I think piece by piece. Wait, it's piece by piece where we had like the video walls that were turned yeah, into like that was the last. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that that was amazing. I I felt like we were the biggest rock stars in the world. I think we <laughs> opened up with with um dance with me. Dance yes, with you, dance with me. Yes, that's Jeremy's um, favorite. Yes, yeah. that, that was my favorite and, opener. And, and, and the whole arrangement going into it, I think it was an orchestral version of "Take You High." Uh huh. And I'm uh, horrible with yeah. When yeah. doves cry. Yeah. When doves cry. And oh, that, that was, was uh, so that cool. was that was Joe Chapnazzi's arrangement. So like, it felt epic every day walking on a stage to the orchestra and then going. Yeah. The, yeah. So yeah. yeah, that was fun. Uh, Ariana says, "Do you ever look back at a finished song and wish you did something differently?" Um, the entire smokestack smokestack sessions album. Um, oh, what? Anybody familiar with that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which one? Okay, one yeah. or two? The first or second? I, I, think... I, I guess they recorded them all at one time, so I don't know how they were released. Like, yeah, they were done in one day. Yeah, because okay. one of them was more. One of them was more covers. The other had more stuff from Stronger on it. So got it. But I mean, those um, so are. Probably... I mean, those are beloved. Yeah. Same. We... So I wish I had done differently in the sense of it was the most amazing arrangements, and Kelly was in the room with us, and you know, like so imagine a vocal mic. You never put the singer in the room with the band. Kelly was in the room with the band, drums, everything. Like we were all facing each other mm -hmm. and it was magic arrangement. I think the, the Bonnie Raitt song we did is still one of my favorite things we've ever done. Yeah. Um, so my regret is I mixed the whole thing and I was still early on learning what to do and trying to get her vocal. And there was just like the snare drums were bleeding it. Like it was just, it was a audio mess <laughs> because of me. And I think it sounds okay. But uh, I wish I don't know if I if I could do that album again now, you know, I would love it. But I still listen to it all the time. So, oh, yeah, no, that's a great one. Awesome. Um, this next one is from Tony. So we recently did an episode um, about the 2009 All I Ever Wanted, uh, the little pre-shows that you guys did before. Each... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Till just is now, that yeah. something <laughs> is that something you would ever do again? Like a little pre-show with covers on released tracks yeah. before I mean, headlining show? I mean, I would. I, I loved it. Obviously, it's a whole layer of Kelly's day and schedule and her schedule. So now that she has children, I just can't imagine that fitting into her. I'm not speaking, I mean, yeah, I, the band would love to do it. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, it was a level of work for us, but we enjoyed it completely. We'll get a, my band y'all uh, pre-show with, with some karaoke going on over it. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, this one's uh, from Twitter user K Clarkson team. They said any project that was supposed to happen, but didn't that you remember being bummed out about. I don't know exactly. Um, there was there was a lot of country songs that were really really great that I still listen to. There's um, I don't think there's ever a project not bummed. There's I, I probably have a collection of eighty songs that we've recorded together, and I'm bummed that some of them haven't made it out yet. Like there were some songs written around. What album was you love me on? Stronger. Stronger. No. Yeah. Stronger. Yeah. Um, there was a whole collection of things that we recorded leading up to that that we. And we would go to studios like in, so we were in the Asia tour. So we recorded in Korea and we recorded in the Philippines and like That's so cool. all these things. And they're some of my favorite lyrics and things. And they just, they didn't make the light of day. Um, but I still got to listen to them. <laughs> some, some, uh, How some, very selfish of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Everybody's going to hack my computer right now. Yeah. <laughs> this next one is from Jordan. Is there something on your bucket list that you would love to do with Kelly one day? Um. Funny enough, there was a, I was on a plane coming back from, we did a private show in Orlando and I had just gotten a, the call to tell my, I just got a call that I was going to do four more Colby Kelly dates. So I was texting my wife and kids on the plane. Oh my gosh, I get to do some more dates. And then I got a text from one of my favorite artists growing up from her manager that said, Hey, we want to book this person on the Kelly Clarkson show. And I instantly texted our producers and said, you have to make this happen. Like this is a bucket list for me. And, um, and it turns out our, our music booker on the show was also a big fan of this artist. And he's like, yeah. So we started talking about the songs and we're going to make that happen. So that is going to happen. And that's a bucket list thing to play for. And that's loosely related to Kelly because they're on the show. Sure. So then I texted my kids and I'm like, I can't believe this Colby. We're doing this man. If I could just play for, x this would just be this would like seal it all for me and it's an artist that there would be no reason to bring in a keyboard player for and i just found out last week that in a few weeks i'm going to get to play for that artist i was going to say with I can kelly think of singing few... with kelly singing as well outstanding and um That's and it's going to be uh it's it's a crazy crazy bucket list moment for me 
fans probably as excited and you know, that's that's why i hate these like cryptic build-ups it's no like, it's okay oh we'll find clearly out they're talking about such and such and it's like oh that's what they were excited about <laughs> but anyway but it's pretty epic um so it's gonna be major uh, this one is from Millie. It says, did you ever imagine that the fan request would be so acclaimed? How did the idea of putting it as a part of the talk show come about? Um, I don't know how that, that part came about. It's just, it, it's become such a part of the DNA of a Kelly show. You know, um, everybody knows how, you know, the first, the trailer park tour, we did the medley of covers and she had an idol. And then it's when we were doing a tour, it's like, well, we don't want to do the same covers every night. That's when we started implementing a new thing. I think it just became such a part of the, I remember the conversations being somewhat Kelly's not most talk shows start with a monologue or a comedian, you know, yeah, we couldn't see Kelly coming out doing a monologue. So this just seemed like <laughs> the way to do it. So. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, this one, this next one comes from Amelia. How does the travel with touring and the talk show season affect the band considering some of you um, like are not necessarily based in LA? Uh, well, pre COVID, not an issue. We just, um, you know, Kyle moved to LA full time. He actually grew up in Pasadena, so he moved his whole family here. Um, Lester stayed in Nashville. Um, I stayed in Nashville. Technically, I live in Nashville, although I haven't been home in months. Um, but, you know, to me, LA, I'm working here and then I'm keeping my house in Nashville. Uh, Jocko's already out here. Jesse's already out here. So, one an issue at first. COVID became a huge challenge because, you know, for my for my family, we have a rule that we don't go more than three weeks without seeing each other. And we've kept that up for 18 years. Um, but with the pandemic, it felt irresponsible to uh, to do that much travel, especially early on before a lot of the research came out about how safe airplanes are, um, which I'm now comfortable being on an airplane. I'm still not comfortable in some of the airport scenarios, but there's a huge responsibility, even if I'm not worried about dying or even if you're uh, you feel like you're not high risk, even a positive test could shut down our whole production. So we have 200 people whose lives depend on this. So that affected all of our travel and uh, how we were going about doing things. So definitely a challenge. Um, but we're not touring as much with Kelly. So it's like the travel, um, you know, hopefully now if I can make it home every three months, I'm doing good. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, this one is for Jonathan. These are the last two here are not Kelly related questions. These are going to be Jason specific questions. Jonathan wants to know your favorite superhero. Oh goodness. Do you get into the, Marvel. like the Marvel, like I say, do you do the Marvel movies a, or are you a DC I, I, guy? Uh, I just don't think I'm a superhero person. I'm sorry. I mean, I love, I love any of the Thor stuff. I just watched black widow and not me at all. Like it felt <laughs> like I was watching Fast and the Furious with Transformers. And was, but to be but to be fair, I haven't watched any of the Captain America movies. So I, I was pausing every twenty minutes to try to Google what's up. Like, that would I'm, be me. I, I think I think I'm more into like I enjoy more fantasy, like you know, Harry Potter. Love I love you know dystopia, I love Hunger Games type stuff. I love sure. Uh, there's a new series on Disney right now called The Mysterious Benedict Society. Like that's that's my thing. I love yeah that sort of visuals. But um, but anyway, Avengers probably or Thor is. It's probably my favorite character. Um, oh, and the new Loki series, best Marvel thing ever done. Truth. <laughs> the, the, the series. I think I enjoy the series more than the movies because there's more time to develop the characters. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Final question. Okay. Favorite 80s song? Go. Uh, wow. There's so many. Uh, probably Howard Jones, No One Is to Blame. Oh, that is such a good song. I'm showing yeah. my age. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to it. Uh, okay. and I love it because it's, it's it was produced by Phil Collins and it has uh -huh. one of the most. Oh, I mean, Phil Collins is known for his iconic drum fills, and I'm a huge fan. Like, if anybody has seen Mr. Know It All live, you know that at the end of the, end of the Mr. Know It All bridge, I put in the Phil Collins drum fill. Yes. And poor Lester hates it. He like rolls his eyes every time. <laughs> I'm like, and I have this, and I have this, and I have this rule that when we do the drum fill, nobody plays. It's supposed to be just Lester, and so like guitar players like hang over. I'm like, nope, nobody plays over the fill. Um, <laughs> So anyway, and no one is to blame. Phil Collins produced that, and uh, he has a drum fill going with the first verse, and it's one of my favorite. Oh, things, excellent know. choice! Yeah. Uh, I want to. I want to sneak. I want to sneak in one rapid fire for oh. me. I want to know: Are you Jason Halbert on a one man crusade to keep the keytar relevant? <laughs> That's Kelly. She keeps on doing it. Like she's the one who kind of started off as a joke, and you know, like in the keyboard community. Well, probably in the world, the keytar is the most least cool thing you can play. And I think it was on, might have been the All Ever Wanted Tour. And I think it was For My Life Would Suck. I got the keytar out and I had my tech like sort of paint it to make it look a little bit cooler. So now she's the one that keeps on asking to bring it back. So anytime, <laughs> uh, like I don't know his 
did our version of Tainted Love air from this season yet? Uh, from season two? I, uh, I that sound, it sounds because I know I've I've seen you play sure the guitar on the show this season. Ron and Kelly on the guitar thing, and so she gets a yeah. So she makes me play the guitar, and just like um, Lester, Lester hates playing the cajon. The cajon is like the little square box. Yeah, you play. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelly loves that, and so like that's you know she's always like Lester, may get you on the cajon, and so like, oh man. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just hate the guitar because I really enjoy being behind the B3. I'm, I really enjoy being, you know, back to stage. I get the bird's eye view of the whole thing. So when you have a guitar and you have to actually go out and get behind your security blanket, that's mortifying to me. So. Uh, Jason, again, we can't thank you enough. We uh, we are so thankful for uh, for your time and for yeah. everything that you've done. I mean, we Pam and I have been have been putting this together for a little while, um, and we really wanted. We were like, how do you? make up for 18 years of questions that you have so uh you know we honestly could have spent uh, so much time with you but we know your time is very important so thank you for taking the time with us and we hope to get to talk to you again soon yeah if you ever have a follow-up one i'm happy to do it again sometime. wonderful so, thank you so much awesome. jason thank you all right talk to you soon all right bye-bye well, we want to thank Jason Halbert, uh, music director for <laughs> Kelly Clarkson and the Kelly Clarkson show. Uh, thank you so much, Jason, for your time. It was absolutely wonderful to sit and talk with him. And, you know, we, we sort of said this to him off the air that it's so hard to come up with questions that span, you know, 18 years that you've been waiting to ask somebody. And I think that it's going to be very similar when it comes to just about anybody else who's in Kelly's orbit and also Kelly herself. Uh, so it was really great to get to spend some some time with him. And uh, just what a great guy. I know. I, I'm just I, I love that conversation. Yeah. He's just such a nice guy to talk to. And I yeah. love that he was able to tell us some stories that we had no idea about that was mm -hmm. i love that 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 pope story that was great that yeah. was fantastic and also everybody needs to be very well aware when you're posting on message boards and you're posting <laughs> on social there are people who are watching there are eyes Big brothers where you do watching. not see <laughs> brother, so if you think you have a really good idea for something that kelly can do in a show apparently you need to just go to a message board and write about it because he might see it and be like, yes, that is a stellar idea. And it's going to be the next opening on the next tour. Yes. So, um, as always, you can find us on social media at Miss Into Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can email us, missindopodcast at gmail.com. And feel free to rate us, review us on Apple. Um, always love seeing those. And we'd yeah, love to hear if you have any uh, insight about yeah. today's episode and the things that Jason had to say. We know that some of those stories are things that some of us uh, knew already, and some of those were brand new things. So we can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about our conversation with Jason Halbert. And also, uh, for those of you uh, who sent in questions, thank you so much. We wish we could have gotten to all of them. There were a lot of them that were the same. I mean, a lot of you guys were asking about new music, and we sort of knew where that was all going. But at least he even talked a little bit about that and sort of the reasons why he has to say the things that he does. So uh, thank you to everybody who sent in questions. We uh, were just inundated with them and you guys came up with some great stuff and we really appreciate that as well. I think that's about it. All right. So until then, we will talk to you guys next week. See ya. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to Miss Indie Podcast at gmail.com. 